Hello, everyone, and welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. Kat Smith here. Today, I want to welcome you to our last episode, um, fourth episode of our conversation with Lisa McBride. And if you have not listened to any of the episodes that we've released so far this year, um, I hope that you at least listen to this one. The conversation has been all about personal growth, and we thought it would really resonate with first month of a new year. Today, specifically, we are talking about what personal growth looks like for Enneagram type 7, 8, and 9. Um, I think you will really enjoy this episode. If you haven't listened to the previous three, I hope you do. The conversation has been so enjoyable for Christy and I. It has been wisdom-filled, and at times it got emotional, and we really hope that you enjoy and learn something new and hear some things that would resonate in your heart and in your soul. We thank you for listening. We thank Lisa McBride for joining us for this month-long conversation. Once again, Happy New Year to all. Well, speaking of seven, yeah, they are next on our roster. Yeah. So for a seven to grow, confronting some uh, propensities for gluttony through practicing moderation could be a grow growing path for a seven. Getting grounded, not only having one foot on on the ground, but maybe even two, and doing the journaling or the reading or the meditation are some of the ways for a seven to get um, to get grounded. Mm-hmm. Getting in touch with their pain and grief and suffering and all the feelings that create a, a high level of discomfort for a seven could be a growing path for them. Remembering uh, to appreciate the past and present, not just living in the future, could be a growing path for them. Um, and also, um, you know, sevens have many exciting plans and fun plans always. Um, and sometimes they can get in a space where they're too scattered because of it. So scheduling time for rest and relaxation is important for them as well. So Lisa, my question to you, which I think you have a strong seven wing. Kristen and I both do. Mm-hmm. You're, you're good time. What mm-hmm. parts of... Um, having that seven in you are you working on that are helping you become a better version of yourself um i'm trying to slow down a little bit more mm-hmm. be more optimistic don't over schedule or overextend. Mm-hmm. so you know i have to realistically say yeah i look at i think oh yeah i'm available that night and then i think no but i've already scheduled something two nights or three no I cannot do another mm-hmm. I can't I'm sorry I can't do it um when I'm tired I try to look at did I create that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that I want to see the joy in everything and appreciate the life I've been given mm-hmm. which makes me slow down mm-hmm. the quote um speak your mind even if your voice shakes that's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Like, be optimistic. Stay here. Say what you need to say. Say no to what you need to say. Mm-hmm. 
You can't mm-hmm. just be the yes. Yes, I'd love to do that. Yes, let's mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not relying on my, I mean, I'm, my calendar doesn't look like yours, but mm-hmm. and I have the paper calendar, mm-hmm. the old school. Like, mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. commit until you look at that. Mm-hmm. And then say, is that really something I want to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be resentful? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can I slow down? Make sure I have time to go walk the dogs or whatever it is. Like, don't don't leave myself with the crumbs of the end of my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that eight is already a type that has this propensity for busyness and feeling filling their schedule. And then the seven, it's what's next, what's next. And so that's why boundaries are so important for an eight with a seven wing. And mm-hmm. that's where you're finding a lot of life is in saying no and, and asking yourself what you need. And, yeah. And I've, I've also been better about saying no. It, it might sound good, but I've tried to really be honest with myself with, is that thing that I was invited to and the people that are going to be there, is that going to fill me up or deplete me? Mm-hmm. So even <clears throat> even going that far, yes, it might be a great thing to go do, but do I want to be with somebody who's going to drain my energy? I yeah. don't. I yeah. just don't. I'd rather yeah. stay home and build a fire and watch something or read my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to find that present moment and that abundant life, and you've got to listen. Where am I going to find it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Well, let's move to your number, type eight, uh, sometimes called the challenger. So the way that they can grow is learning to schedule downtime. And we've already heard you say that, that rest is something that when you listen to what do I need, that that comes up. Um, So your go-getter nature can keep you from growing as an eight. Uh, Learning to live in the present moment, which could mean meditation or journaling, which you've mentioned. So again, this is a picture of an eight who's in a pretty healthy place because you are making time for meditation and journaling or a nature stroll and you're making time to be outdoors. And then the going to the two, like the eight going to the two, practicing generosity, which obviously we heard that, you know, when you're going to um, offer offer yourself at the veterans uh, cemetery, and that's generosity. And then empathy, empathy, imagining what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes. And then I always like to say that beneath the hard exterior of eights there's always a softy who lies within Mm -hmm. and so getting in touch with your inner softy that's really important for an eight as they are on a pathway of growth practicing vulnerability which i've heard you say many times already during this interview um is a pathway to growth for an eight so for the eight to know that the irony is that sharing your weakness sharing your hard time like the bullying story that you mm-hmm. shared with us earlier that that's actually what makes you strong so it's actually sharing the painful things that make the eight truly strong mm-hmm. um so lisa you're an eight so how has your knowledge of the enneagram um, and what it means to be an enneagram eight helped you to grow but also to soften 
So I think learning the traits, and I mentioned this before, that this is not like a personality test. Right. There's not a, this is bad, you're bad, this is, or this is great. It's, this is an awareness. Yeah. Which I love because, you know, I don't really do well with the black and whiteness mm-hmm. of whatever. Like, I want to be in the gray. Yeah. Um, to me, it's, they are puzzle pieces. Yeah. That fit together. Uh, being aware of triggers and what happens when I go that route. Um, I was raised in a very black and white family, and I learned I was gray. Mm-hmm. Um, Enneagram helps me see that even more. And it's a continuous process. If we allow it to be, mm-hmm. if we don't, then we're stuck. Um, mm-hmm. So at one time, I loved to be surrounded by the noise, and then I've, I've learned that's just a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a lot of cover-up. And I embrace the quiet, the sound mm-hmm. of the wind, birds, leaves mm-hmm. falling, the beauty around me, rain, ocean, water, all of those things mm-hmm. that, to me, nurture me. Wow. Um, and for me, that's progress. Yeah. Sounds like a movement from all the noise to mindfulness, to paying attention and noticing just the the beat of life surrounding you. Yeah. 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 What was it like when you lived more in the noise? Um gosh, I'm going to say it was like a performance. Mm. Mhm. Um almost like this is how again like it should be, like you yeah. said earlier. Yeah. I have visions of the finger pointing, you better do this, and you better do that. Yeah. Um, you know, this is how we present ourselves to society, people around us. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it was never really about who I really was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then to start just gradually saying, this isn't working for me. Yeah. Um, I don't feel fulfilled. Or I feel really sad because I agreed to do that. And why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, to maybe even uh, that I would allow myself to be used mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like a that, pawn yeah. that's just being moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Well, we are in the last stretch. We're wrapping up our numbers, and the last but never the least is our nine. So some ways for a nine to grow is to actually get the ball rolling and knowing that they should raise their voice and be more active in the world. So thinking about what would it look like if I speak my mind and if I live in a way of my presence mattering in the, in the life that I live in. Um, for a nine to grow, to move actually towards a conflict instead of away would be a pathway for growth. Um, to promote themselves, to be more assertive, to know their gifts and be able to share them and say them. Um, to acknowledge their anger. So we, you know, we talk a lot about our triads and our eight, nine, and ones are all in the anger triad. And, you know, I think that ones try to stuff the anger 
eights, share it out, and once just completely ignore it. Like it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's there, but if I don't look at it, it's not there. So acknowledging the anger could be a pathway for growing um, for a nine. Um, being careful not to accommodate and people please at the expense of their own needs and values and their voice and presence. Um, getting in touch with their body, you know, and that is body scans, meditation, yoga, all the things that help can help nine grow. Um, one of your superpowers, Lisa, I think, is you are comfortable in a conflict or disagreement without letting it be the end of it all, which most of us, I think, feel that way. If we are to argue, then they don't like me, that we're not friends anymore, then it is bridge burned, you know, whatever it may be. So, and nine would have the biggest fear of a conflict. So what would your advice be for somebody who's a nine um, who is trying to learn how to speak up and be okay in a disagreement? So I think sometimes the conflict slash disagreement might be a sign in front of your face that says, maybe this is not a good relationship, friendship, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Where maybe, I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but maybe, and it's happened in my life, where I had to say, this is not, I don't want to keep having this argument or hurt situation, and I say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is overdone. Is it the end of my life? No. Mm-hmm. It's the end of that friendship or relationship mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Does it hurt? Yes. Mm-hmm. But if there's enough hurt to me and I keep allowing that to happen, the flip side of that is I think we all should be able to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That comes... You know, I think about a lot of arguments in the or disagreements in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And people want to say, oh, that's just stupid and that's whatever. I don't believe that. I think you're not willing to listen to the other person. Maybe you think you know everything or mm-hmm. it's just so much out of your realm of I can't get out of my box on this. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's not my job to make you agree with me. But it is my job to say, and I've said to people before, I don't see it that way. Or, you know, I don't believe that because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I wasn't really allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, the first time I had that a disagreement with my dad when he said, boys will be boys. And I said, I don't, that's not true. Yeah. Because yeah. if a girl does that, then she's a, you know, hoe. But the boys are doing that, and you say boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. Um so I had to learn that and mm-hmm. also say that's not acceptable things to say in front of my children. Mm-hmm. So yeah. please don't say that. Yeah. So going back to what I wrote, I love to say, trust your gut. That bitch don't lie. Mm-hmm. If something <laughs> is making me feel sick to my stomach yeah. or all of a sudden mm-hmm. I got tachycardic, I need to step back. 
I need to say what's going on. Yeah. And maybe it's not a great idea. Um, I think my mom was a nine. Mm. She held everything in, and she could not stand conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most simple way is to say no to something that you don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then maybe you speak up in a conversation and give your opinion. Not to say, I want you to change your mind and believe with, believe what I believe. Yeah. But just to say, I'm, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think really believing that your voice matters is huge. Yeah. So you know me, and I'm always about the songs. <laughs> so A Beautiful Noise, as Alicia Keys and Brandi Carlisle, mm-hmm. they did it about a year ago. And it's just about having a voice and standing up for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the other song is Amanda Shires, and it's Hawk for the Dove. Wow. And she says, I'm coming for you like the hawk for the dove. Wow. Yeah. It's powerful. It's like, stand up. Mm-hmm. Show up. Wow. You want me? Come get me. You want to talk to me? Let's go. Also, if your mom was a nine and your dad was an eight, and... And you've got this song about the hawk and the dove. The dove seems like such a great symbol for the peacemaker, right? Yeah, and yeah. then the hawk is the eight, you know, this powerful bird, a powerhouse. So there's your mom and your dad in that mm-hmm. in that song, and that's quite beautiful. But I, I just think when you told us some of the stories about your mom, she didn't always have a strong voice. And no. nines tend to like twos nines and twos tend to put relationships above their own needs they want harmony the nine they want peace and so they prioritize other people's needs above their own um in a similar way to a two which is why the nine and the two can struggle more with codependency Mm -hmm. than other numbers but um yeah i think you know you're speaking when you say trust your gut Mm -hmm. you're speaking for the nines and saying, you know, I think nines can be very intuitive. They're in the gut triad just like you are, but because they push down their feelings and their needs, sometimes even though that gut is strong, they don't always listen to it. So for a nine to trust their gut, to know that their presence and needs matter is a really, really important thing. So Mm -hmm. I hope that those nines will hear you hear you saying that but you you learned from watching your mom you didn't want to be like that you wanted to stand up for your needs and she was very resentful yeah I didn't really understand that at the time but she did for everybody yeah everything um and then she was kind of left out yeah yeah but she also would never say this is what I want or this is what I need she would do it backhanded. So right. as my son Lucas says, Nana was salty. I said, Nana was salty AF is what Nana was. Yeah. <laughs> because she would not just say what she needed, wanted, what her expectations were. It was... The passive-aggressive Very, way. very, very passive-aggressive. Mm-hmm. Which now for me is a trigger. Like, just speak up. Just tell yeah. me. What's going on? Yeah. Why are you mad at me? What, what yeah. have I done to upset you? Just yeah. just let me, again, come for me. Come for me like the hawk to, come on. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And but she was the she Nana was the peacemaker. My mom yeah. was just like, let's just let's just ride this out. Yeah. And then my dad was the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Your voice matters. Speak up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for our nines. I hope they hear that today. This episode is airing beginning of the year, and I really think it is perfect timing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Where can our listeners find you if they want to practice yoga with you? Can you tell us a little bit about where to find you on social media or in a yoga class? So, Southern Soul, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and some Sunday mornings. Yoga Landing, Wednesday morning, Sunday evening. Um social media L A McBride that's with a Y M C B R Y D E mm-hmm. uh, Instagram and Facebook and feel free to contact me any way you would like. Yeah. Well we're better for knowing you. Oh thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for being here. It was truly an honor and a pleasure. After this short word from our sponsor, stay tuned for a guided meditation. For our meditation today, maybe consider starting with a five-pointed star. We might call that shape starfish. You could do that standing or on your back. And if you're not in a position to do that, that's fine. Maybe just thinking of that pose in your mind's eye and starting to find the breath, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. And once you've settled into the rhythm of the breath, start to notice your body and see where you might soften in your body, maybe rolling your shoulders away from your ears. Perhaps you find some space between the teeth where you're not clenching the jaw. And once you soften in the body, notice how you might even soften in your heart space. And throughout this meditation, stay with the rhythm of the breath. Finding your inhale, finding your exhale. Thomas Merton said these words, If you want to identify me, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what I am living for in detail. Ask me what you think is keeping me from the thing I am living for. And as you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth, remind yourself that like a starfish, you are meant to shine bright. But in order to shine bright, we have to keep asking ourselves existential questions like this one. This question of, what are you living for? Take a moment right now to ponder that. Why am I here on this earth? Who am I? What am I living for? Breathe in. And breathe out. And find the rhythm of the breath three more times. 
One more breath in and out. And then ask yourself this question. What is keeping you from the very thing that you want to live for? Or another way to say it, what is keeping you from shining brightly in this world? And then we're going to breathe in and out for three more sets of breath. And then I want you to invite your hand to be in front of your eyes where you can see the top of your hand. And I want you to take the opposite hand and find your index finger. And I want you to trace your hand, just like you're back in kindergarten with a crayon tracing your hand. But I want you to trace your hand with your finger and just slowly trace your hand. And just may this hand represent that five-pointed star with these five fingers. And as you continue to trace your hand, coming back to the knowledge that you are meant to shine bright. And then maybe you trace the opposite hand, maybe starting with the pinky finger or the thumb, but tracing the hand with the index finger. Maybe you trace that hand twice. And then take a moment to look at both of your hands. And as you look at both of your hands, maybe find a five word mantra. So looking at your left or right hand, come up with a mantra that speaks to your meaning and purpose, why you're here, or even that who am I question. For me, when I do this, What's come up before is I want to offer grace. So those are my five words, but you may come up with whatever speaks to your heart. And if you need to add an extra word in and it's a six word mantra, that's okay. But stay with the breath as you consider this question. Why am I here? Finding your inhale, finding your exhale. Continue to breathe and find your mantra. And then allow yourself to speak that mantra to yourself in your heart and in your mind's eye. And if you haven't come up with a mantra yet, continue to take time to meditate on this question about who you are and this exercise of coming up with a five-word mantra. The coming back to Thomas Merton's words, ask me what I am living for in detail. Ask me what I think is keeping me from the thing I am living for. And then allow yourself to bring your hands to heart center and know that the light in me sees and honors the beautiful bright light in you. Namaste.